So welcome back to the Midwest Technology Campus podcast. Today we have three guests with us, Katie Steinhaus, Linda Lavold, and Beth Wozmick, all work at Life Science Innovations. So today we're going to dive into a little bit of um, where, what was your career path? How did you get back to Wilmer or West Central Minnesota? Because all four of us, as we're sitting in this small circle, um, have left the area and come back. So I'd like to start with Katie. Your career path, maybe go back to when you went to school, if you thought you were going to do um, a particular career and then maybe your path changed. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, Well, I am originally from the Wilmer area. I went to college at St. Ben's and decided business sounded like the most interesting and fun career. But for whatever reason I had in my mind, definitely not human resources. That doesn't sound interesting at all. It has to be something else more interesting in business. Um, So after college... My husband and I were living in Arizona, and I had worked in more like vendor and supplier management and a little bit of customer service, and we were talking about starting a family and thinking we wanted to move back kind of closer to home to do that. A friend of ours worked at Novatech, and he said, hey, they just purchased this Midwest campus. This business is growing. I think you should come and check it out. So... That was kind of my initial introduction. I was thrilled to see what was going on in the Wilmer area, that the campus was being kind of repurposed and and reimagined. I remember my interview vividly because we had not moved into the campus yet, so it looked kind of like a construction zone or a war zone with a plastic table, but the vision and the excitement of what, what it could be was definitely present in that, and I was excited to be a part of it. And through that, learned that I actually have a great passion for employee development, training, and organizational development, which are all very much human resource related things. So so um, starting out, you did not think human resources, no. and that is exactly where you are at today. Yes. Um, and maybe a little bit um, for the young listeners, um, you didn't walk into a bright, shiny, beautiful, Google-ish office. We had a starting point, correct? Yes. And how did, when you went through the interview, how did you think, or what were you thinking? Like, what am I walking into? What, what were your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, the startup idea, definitely, you know, a little bit more the idea of the, um, not necessarily out of a garage, we were a little bit further than that, but it was definitely the vision that it was going, the company was going to be coming a long way from where it had been. There was, it was, it was intriguing. It was exciting and intriguing. There was an energy and a vision for what they hoped the campus would become. I'll be honest to say with a smaller community, I was slightly skeptical of whether that dream would be realized or not. And I remember the initial goal of how many, what was the goal for how many employees we wanted on the campus. And we've well, well exceeded that at this point. So it's been so much fun to see it go far beyond even what, what my wild, wildest imagination was for what it could be. So you interviewed for what position? Because I, I'm thinking you had a, uh, another position when you came onto campus or came onto the organization. I started as a training specialist. Training specialist, okay. And you're currently the human resources director. Yes. 
And did you, uh, how many years have you been here and how many years did you work in a training specialist position? I've been with the organization for 13 years okay. and I, I want to say probably about the first seven or eight years was in that training specialist role, um, which was really kind of focused on building on foundation of company culture, servant leadership, company values. Um, and then that kind of evolved um, into more of a leadership role from there as life science innovations continued to grow. Would you say that that was your goal all along or that you learned so much in those seven years being a training specialist, maybe you just found your sweet spot? And you don't have to answer that. That's a certainly. good question. <laughs> I mean, for people who are trying to build their career, maybe, you know, they have to um, go through some positions and use those as stepping stones. And sometimes you get into a position and you think, this is not at all what I want to do. Um, I'm guessing you stuck it out for seven years, so you enjoyed that, you know, that part of your job. Yes. And then, you know, you excelled your career into what you are today. Well, okay, so if I'm going to be real honest with you, Joanna. We want nothing but honesty here. <laughs> so in my StrengthsFinder themes, I do have the strength of significance, which means... I'm shocked. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Okay, keep oh, going. Yeah, so really that one sort of means like you want to do a great job. You want to be trusted and credible and, you know, earn that kind of in the eyes of others. So having gone to college and having a little bit of experience before I came to the company, I did maybe walk in my 20-something-year-old self thinking, you're welcome, people, I'm here. And quickly, <laughs> got a, good. quickly got a dose of reality of how many smart, experienced, capable, talented individuals were working in this organization. So I very quickly went, oh my goodness, I have so much to learn and look at all of these incredible people that I'll get to learn that from. So um, yes, it took a really quick reality check for me. And then um, it's been so fun just trying to work hard to keep up to the needs and the expectations and the, um, the things that our coworkers and our companies are doing. Great. So uh, Linda, let's move on to you. Uh, Linda, you've been with the company for a very short time now. Yep. And you moved back to West Central Minnesota uh, from the uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul area, probably one of the suburbs, I imagine. Yep. Um, and so let's talk about that transition. How did you go from West Central Minnesota, you spent how many years in the metropolitan area, and now you're coming back? Let's talk about that career path and maybe more of a work-life balance that you've addressed throughout the years. Sure. Yeah, I'm originally from Milan, Minnesota, which is southwest of Wilmer, about 40 minutes away. And very small town, 427 people when I lived there. Really small. Very, very small. Yep, everybody knew everybody in Milan. That's smaller than the Midwest campus, by the way. <laughs> Just wanted to point that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, my undergrad degree actually was in music education. Um, I was very into piano and flute and cello and um, all of those things. And um, so went to school at the University of Minnesota in Morris initially, where's, which is where I met my husband. And he actually was majoring in IT and um, in computer science. And um, so from there, um, I ended up graduating with that degree and got my first job in the cities. 
um, and was actually doing training of applications because as I was going through college, I was working and providing training on business applications. And so um, after I had graduated, I, I was asked to come in and do some training with my education degree, but training of business applications. And within maybe four months, the gentleman that I was working for said, hey, you know what, we really need someone to maintain our network because they were, they were paying high consulting fees for someone to come in and do that. And he said, if I funded your training, would you be interested in learning more about the IT part of this? And um, that, that day I went home and I talked to my husband. I'm like, I don't even know what he's thinking. Like, I have no interest in IT. Did that scare you a little bit? It was very intimidating because I was like, <laughs> I am just like not smart enough to do that. And because I really admired his you know, expertise in, in the technology area. And he was like, are you kidding me? Like, you're, you're, you know, you're really good at math. You're really good at these other things. And of course you should do it. And so I went in and I took a leap of faith and went and took some training and networking. And that's how my career in IT started. And within about maybe four months, um, that was, became my full-time job. And so I started there, and then I was hired at Thomson Reuters, and I was in their IT department. And I um, very shortly then moved into a leadership role. And so I've been a leader in IT for 26 years. Um, I've worked at large companies like US Bank, um, LifeTouch National School Studios. Um, I was the IT director for some time at Mystic Lake Casino and Hotel. So yeah, I just blossomed into, just fell in love with IT. I really enjoyed the strategic planning was really a passion that, and skill that I didn't even realize that I had. Um, so really, when, right now, when we look at a lot, a lot of um, females that don't necessarily go into IT, I really try to get them to think about, you know, think outside the box. You know, even though that may be something that you've never thought about, you'd be surprised um, in terms of just the different types of areas of IT. It's not just all techie either. It's like project management and different things that utilize, you know, organizational strategic planning, communication skills. Um, so that's so interesting that you would go into music education and end up in a long career of IT because I'll say 20 years ago, IT was way different than it is today. And so maybe can you talk a little bit about what were some of the um, scary points um, when someone said IT? You know, we, my age, I'll talk about my age group, we weren't uh, raised with technology. I don't think we had email till I was, you know, well into my work career. Mm -hmm. But um, kids today don't know anything but technology. So can you address a little bit of that? I can maybe see a little cor correlation between music, math, IT. Yep. And don't they talk about that and how well that is connected? Well, what's interesting is when I started working at Thomson Reuters, they said they specifically tried to recruit music majors. Oh, because, wow. Uh, that it, it utilizes the same logical part of your brain. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I had no idea until I worked there that that was even a thing. So... <laughs> You know, but IT, music, now we're talking, um, you know, what famous people do um, in the music industry. But um, so IT, and then how did you end up coming back to Wilmer? 
You know, so I had led a lot of um, different teams in, in diff- really every area of IT. And we had been talking about wanting to eventually retire and move outside of the cities. Now, that wasn't the plan for quite some time. Um, but when I saw this position that was open, you know, there's, there's positions in IT, leadership positions in IT are not very common in rural Minnesota. It's really more of a metro thing. And so when, we, when I saw that this position was posted, and I saw really it would be a, I would be able to bring the experience that I've had in managing all these different areas of IT into this one position because of the, the breadth of responsibility. You know, I thought this is an opportunity to be able to be back in the rural Minnesota, be closer to family because all of my family still lives close to this area, um, and then get us closer also to just being able to live in a in a community that is value, you know, family value, values that align with my values um, and maybe a little bit of um, slower pace of life. Right. And now you are the IT director. Yes. At Life mm-hmm. Science Innovations. Yep. So, so welcome back. Thank you. To West Central Minnesota. <laughs> Uh, we hope you're enjoying it. Yes. Uh, our third guest today is Beth Wasmick. She's the CFO of Life Science Innovations. Uh, Beth, I've known you um, for many years. I, I mean, you know, in a little side note, Beth used to be my neighbor, and that was probably pre-children for you. Um, that was probably me and my kids running the neighborhood because they were crazy. <laughs> so apologies first. Uh, uh, let's talk about your career path, and I know that um, you used to travel a distance for work, and now coming back to Wilmer, you know, you're just next close to home, and let, let's talk about that. Did you go away for college? Did you come back at a certain point? I actually went to three different colleges, uh, which Ooh. is okay. Yep. Like, kids need to know that that is okay. Yes. It's probably not the preferred path, but you can make it through and still graduate. Um, but I actually started at the University of Minnesota, Morris. Uh, I, I had, my major was in international business and French, because French and international business go together. That's a very common language in business. I don't know if people know that I or know not. that. Can you still uh, speak, still speak <laughs> French? You know, <clears throat> I loved foreign language in high school. I had five years of French, three years of Spanish, and two years of German. Wow. I just loved it. And I think it was um, when I majored in it my first year in college, I was like, you know, this just is not, this isn't me. This is more of a hobby and a passion, not necessarily something I want to turn into my real life career. So partway through my freshman year, uh, I decided, you know, I really, this is weird, but I really like accounting. I had job shadowed my aunt when I was in ninth grade. She was an accountant. She worked for this business down in the cities. And uh, Morris did not have an accounting major. It was a liberal arts college, so you got a business degree. You couldn't specialize. And I decided, you know, that's not going to be for me. I need to specialize. So I took a one year in Wilmer at Ridgewater and then went to Mankato after that. And that's where I got my four-year degree in accounting. So what happened after that? You get accounting and you still want to speak French and <laughs> actually, and- uh, uh, now I help my kids with their foreign language assignments, <laughs> and that's about the extent. I need to pick it back up now that I have a little bit more time. That my kids are older, but um, no, I really have not 
I have not honed my skill in the last 20 years. Um, but when my, I was married, when I got, I graduated from Mankato and my husband, uh, graduated in law enforcement. And so we were trying to decide where did we want to land. I wanted to go to the cities and he wanted to come back into, um, West central Minnesota. What was your attraction to the cities first before we move on? Well, I did, I knew I did not. Uh, when you're in accounting, uh, the professors want you to go public. They want you to go into public accounting. They want you to do an internship uh, at a CPA firm. And uh, I told my professors I did not want to do that. I knew right away I did not want to just specialize in tax or audit. I wanted to work for a company where I could really help them in their their strategic plans and making business decisions. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, so my husband kind of narrowed the field. I wanted to go to the cities because there was a lot more opportunity. I felt like there was more opportunity. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't have my career path laid out. I just knew I, I knew I kept wanting to learn and kept wanting to grow. So when we decided as a family that we would come back to West Central Minnesota, uh, I came across a job opening um, in Benson, Minnesota, actually, at Case New Holland. It was uh, Case Tyler back then. Um, it was a brand new position for cost accounting, and the controller there took a chance on me, and it was a really great experience. I was hired as a cost accountant, but really, he... Uh, he did such a good job of just kind of taking me under his wing and mentoring me and exposing me to all the different areas of accounting that I went from cost accounting to financial reporting, analysis, um, kind of whatever he threw at me. Wow. So that's a good example of a great mentor. Right. I, to this day, I mean, I worked for him for almost seven years and it, he was just the best. We did, uh, I kind of had plateaued there though, uh, when you're working, so Case, New Holland and Case merged while I was there. And when you're in a big company like that, and you're just at a plant location, there's not a lot of career opportunities. My boss was only 19 years older than I was, and he wasn't going anywhere. And those big companies really want you to move around in order to advance. So... I had applied for a couple of positions at the general management office, which was just outside of Chicago, Illinois. I was offered a controller position, and it was going to involve quite a bit of travel to and from Europe. And when I... To use your French skills. <laughs> yes. Uh -huh. Okay. Yep. Uh, only I think it was Italy, so, you know, <laughs> I would have had to adapt. Uh, but when I was on my way back home... Um, from the interview and I had been offered the job, I was really thinking about whether this was the right move. We had young kids, our whole family was back here. My husband was gonna have to start his career over again because you have to go through their training in law enforcement in Illinois. Uh, so I was really thinking hard about whether we wanted to do that and I actually ran into an old college friend at the airport in Chicago. Had Ooh, not seen destiny. her since since college, since a college friend's wedding, actually. Um, and we just talked while she was waiting for her flight. I went to the airport early, so I was taking an earlier flight or a later flight back to Minnesota and 
asked her just how things were going, and she did not enjoy living in Chicago. They wanted to move back to the cities, which is where they were from, to be closer to family. And I thought, you know what? A message is being sent here, and I need to listen to it. So I turned the job offer down. And I realized I wasn't, I was either going to have to stay at the plant, which there's nothing wrong with that, but if I wanted to grow, I was going to have to find another opportunity. And there was a senior accountant position that was advertised in the paper for uh, Life Science Innovations, uh, a brand new company that was affiliated with Wilmer Poultry. And right in the ad, it said, um, to be located on the beautiful Midwest Technology Campus. And when, if you grow up in Wilmer, this was my viewpoint, uh, I did not want to work in Wilmer. It was not, in my mind, it was not seen as progressive or a lot of companies that are doing really great, amazing things. I took a chance when I saw that uh, this, this group of companies was buying the old uh, Wilmer Regional Treatment Center and turning it into a business technology campus, and it's it, it was a great, it was a great step. I took a leap of faith and it's worked out. I, I wish I could tell all the younger kids in the audience that there are great things happening in Wilmer. You don't realize it until you really start making connections with the companies in the area, but um, this is a great group of companies and there's so much that's happened in the 15 years that I've been here. So 15 years already. And so did you, you came on right when they moved out onto campus? I was, I started six months before we purchased the campus. Wow. So from the beginning, you were out here. Yep. And um, did you stay in that role uh, for a while or did you have a few different roles along the way? 15 years is a long time. Yep. And you Uh, were thinking about advancing your career. I, I, I. I don't know how I lucked into this position, but I was hired as a senior accountant, um, and so I was doing the accounting for Midwest Technology Campus, uh, Novatech Engineering, and another one of the companies, Epitopics. Uh, and from there, it just kind of grew. I became the accounting supervisor, and then the accounting manager, and then in 2012 or 2013, I became the CFO of the company. So it's been a really great um, ride and experience and journey, I would say. So um, I want to talk a little bit about you had a great mentor. And um, while I talked to Beth about that, um, you, Katie and Linda, think about who your mentor was, because that's important um, as a young person to have that right mentor. Because sometimes along the way, um, maybe we don't have the right mentor. And so to really uh, come alongside of that person who is, uh, has some time and energy for your career. So what were some of the things that your mentor did for you besides expose you to so many different areas in the accounting world? Was there something in particular that, um, that stands out? I mean, today you probably... Uh, give a lot of kudos back to this person, whoever he is. Um, uh, his name is Dan Anderson. He is no longer at Case Tyler. Uh, he is he was with the hospital in Benson, um, and I've seen him a couple times since. And yeah, he is just an amazing guy. Uh, he 
So when I started, I was a cost, I was hired into the cost accounting position. It was a brand new position. Um, for those that don't know, they make sprayers and floaters and cotton pickers over there. I think they still do. It's been 15 years since I've been there. Um, so agriculture equipment, big pieces of equipment. And, uh, and they're shipped all around the world. Yes, they're shipped all around the world. And I am fresh out of school thinking I know a lot. And Katie? Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> My manager quickly, like, was, he, he built the foundation of, well, you need to understand how everything comes into our system. You need to see, touch, feel the cost as the materials are coming in, the, the steel, all of that. The, the yeah. So um, I started entering accounts payable invoices. And I did that for, I don't know, a month. And uh, the young kid who thought they knew everything went into his office one day because I was super frustrated and was like, I need more. You need to give me more. I'm capable of more than this. Uh, Looking back, I can't believe I actually said that to my (laughs) boss. (laughs) I was like, that was a little brazen. But uh, it worked. He gave me a project. And so I built a database. Um, in order for us to uh, really track the variances of what we thought the cost should be of the materials versus what the actual costs were coming in. And so he gave me the freedom to build an access database and figure out how to automate some things for the AP um, person so that it'd make her life easier throughout the month and at month end. So uh, to me, that was just the first of many where he just said, here's the concept. This is what I'd like. Go try and figure it out. Okay, that's awesome. Alinda, uh, did you have a mentor throughout your career that really stands out? I mean, I actually have had many. Okay. Um, so the most recent one was when I was at Carlson Bogganly Travel, and I was hired as the director of um, asset management in IT. And, um, and I was just fine in that position and thought, hey, I could just do this, you know, probably for the rest of my career. And I had... Um, one of the vice presidents there, actually two of them um, that at different points really kind of were champions for me. Um, and interestingly enough, one of them was like, you know, you would be great in the senior director role in business relationship management because you have such excellent communication and interpersonal skills, which I, which I did not see in myself at all. Um, and so what I find interesting is when your mentors see things in you that you don't see in yourself. And yes. so you're not really leveraging those strengths. Um, I just saw myself as, oh, I'm an, you know, an IT person, you know, a leader that is focused on this discipline and um, really not recognizing those other skills. So that's just one of, I guess, many mentors that I've had throughout my career. Great. And Katie, who would you say was your mentor along the way? Uh, well, I agree with... Linda, I've ha- I can think of many people that I've learned things from or um, kind of seen how they've led by example and try to pick up on and emulate some of those things. But um, a couple that really stand out is um, first company I worked for out of college. She was one of the vice presidents and it was a company of maybe 50 employees and it was corporate relocation. And she had um, a young family and she was in this VP position and she just, I thought she was an awesome leader. I maybe didn't know the words at the time, but I would I would definitely call her an, a servant leader, somebody who tries to create a good company culture and engage people. And I just 
felt like she was a great example for me of balancing, at least it looked like she had it all together, balancing family and career and um, just being real and true to who she was. And I think that that helped make her a good leader. Um, And then the other one who kind of instilled the passion for human resources for me and opened my eyes to that was um, Jonathan Heisinga here at the campus. It was his, him talking about the vision um, that his family and the Norling family had for the campus. And then also seeing that HR is more than helping process your payroll and planning the company picnics, but really how strategic it can be and how important it can be to really help make sure that the business has, attracts and retains the talent needed to reach the, the goals and the, um, the vision that it has and, and where we need it to go. So those would definitely be two that stand out for me. So, Katie, if you had um, any tips for young women in leadership roles, or maybe they're aspiring to be a leader one day, maybe they're, maybe they're in high school, maybe they're in college, maybe they haven't even gotten into their first job, what, mm-hmm. what kind of tips would you? I would say don't hesitate to reach out and talk to people ask questions. Um, You know, again, as we've all kind of said, you maybe think you know everything or think you have this idea of exactly what work might be like or exactly what this career path might be like. And while it might sound exciting or really innovative or um, prestigious or whatever it might be, the day-to-day tasks that you're doing might look very different from what that original kind of picture is that, um, that you might be thinking. So talk to people who are in those roles, those companies, and, and find out what it's really like. Um, and I would say think about what your own talents and strengths are too and where and how you can find a, a good match between those um, because I can think of a lot of examples where that people are adding value using their strengths. We see them shine and we go, oh, how can we get more of that? How can we do more of that? We should give them more responsibility in that area because they're so phenomenal at it. That really, I think, grows careers, at least I can say that in this organization, versus having some vague idea of a title somewhere else in the org chart that I want and I'm trying to work towards that. It's more so using your using your talents and thinking about where and how are you going to be happy, enjoy what you're doing, and working somewhere that you're going to feel like you're, you have purpose and are passionate about what the company is doing too. Well, clearly, Katie, I mean, you have been spearheading culture within the organization. And when you speak, you can hear that in your voice and in the words that you use. So thank you for that because... Um, you're probably being that servant leader and you're not even knowing it, but um, I'll just say you are. Uh, so thank you. Um, <laughs> Pretty generous. <laughs> no, I was honest. Remember, honest. Be honest. Uh, Linda, what are some tips that you might give to other people, other young women who are looking at maybe being a music major and they don't know they're going to land in IT? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I would say throughout my career still, and even now, there's there's not as many females in IT um, as there are males. That's right. Um, And so that is just something that possibly has been a detractor for um, young women because it can be intimidating when you come in and you're the only female in the room. Um, 
And I would say don't be intimidated by that. Just be confident in your own unique skills and abilities that you're bringing to the table. Um, so don't limit yourself based on maybe current state. Um, and just be open-minded and just focused on your own, your own skills. Great. And Beth, any tips that you might give a young woman uh, who might want to move into a leadership role one day? Uh, well, I would say, you know, every day you go to work and you're doing your job is training you for the next step. And so just really, you know, give your all in whatever is in front of you because you don't know who's watching, where it could lead you. It can open your eyes to something different that you want to move into. Uh, and I just, I think every day is training for the next step that you're meant to take. So that's great. That's a great answer. Um, one more open question. Okay, maybe two. Um, one is, what's your favorite binge watch on TV, Netflix, Hulu, whatever? And two, what should people know about LSI if they're not familiar with it? And that's life science innovations. Anyone can jump in. You know you all binge watch. I don't know if I can say on camera the show I'm watching. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> How about... It's <laughs> oh, yeah. You probably... <laughs> uh, well, so I, I'm pretty proud of this because I'm usually like four years behind on the cool shows. Me too. But I did watch The Queen's Gambit on Netflix before awesome. it hit all of the headlines that it was a really good show. So I binged that one in one weekend and I just... My go-to is... The Big Bang Theory. I just Ooh. love The Big Bang Theory. There you go. Um, anything about LSI that you think people should know about if they're not already familiar with it? Uh, well, um, I'd say LSI has many facets to what we do. Um, you know, we have the we have accounting, we have accounting finance, IT, HR. Uh, but really, what's what's more special about it, there's R and D. Um, but what's really more special, I think, about LSI is just all the relationships that we have with the different companies, um, and that we're not just focused on what we're doing, but we get to help all these other companies um, along their path. So I think that's yeah, that's great to note because all of the shared services you are providing. Mm -hmm. There's so many touch points out there, mm -hmm. and I think that is important for young people to know that they're not just coming to the same office every day. They're really getting exposed to so much more. Linda, favorite binge watch? Criminal Minds. Ooh, mm -hmm. I like that one too. <laughs> and, and being you're so new, what was one thing that you didn't know about LSI that you think people should know about? You know, actually, when I, when I first interviewed for the position, I have to be honest, it was a little more like curiosity. Like, you know. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. That's how we learn and grow. That's good. I'm glad we won you over. Yeah, that's right. But actually, in, in my first interview, I went home and my husband was like, how did it go? And I said, you know, the thing that impressed me the most was the, the, the clearly the values and the culture yes um and when i working for a lot of big companies where you see the posters all over and they have you know they roll out the message on what their culture is and their values 
but you don't see the leadership style often or always consistently align with those values. And it was really evident in the, the way, the questions that were being asked in the interview, the responses that were given when I was asking questions, that it wasn't just about values that were on a piece of paper. It was actually something that they, um, they, they took into consideration in the interviewing process and clearly in how they relate to and interact with um, each other. So. I agree with you on that. That is, this is one organization um, that really follows those, um, those standards, values and culture, and it's not just a, a poster on the wall mm-hmm. or something you wrote in your handbook. Yep. Um, they r- truly try to live that out, and so I agree with you. That's so cool that you even noticed that mm-hmm. um, on your interview. So that brings me to Katie. So you're doing a good job in the interviews. Um, because, uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yep, there you go. Uh, Katie, um, what is, what, okay, what, you can't say your favorite binge watch? Just make one up. So I'm a couple years behind usually on shows too. So we, I finished True Detective, which was very good. And I'm currently watching one about a certain creek. That is a Oh, comedy. yep, yep. I know so. which one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. um, what would be um, something that you would like people to know about LSI um, if they're not familiar with it already? So... One other thing I think that would be important to know is that it's not a static company. There's so much changing and growing. Um, our, our founders at LSI, at Novatech, at a lot of our companies have a lot of strategic thinking and innovative and entrepreneurial strengths. And there are so many ideas in the incubator right now of future companies, future product lines. Um, So there's a lot to be a part of today, and there's a lot to help build for tomorrow too. That's great. Those are great answers. So um, our time is about up, and I just want to thank our three guests, Katie, Beth, Linda, uh, for joining me today on the Midwest Technology Podcast. And uh, thank you, listeners. Mm -hmm.